Huge game this Saturday to keep Michigan State's bowl chances alive, but also Rutgers' bowl chances alive as well. We're going to look at what the Scarlet Knights do well, what they don't do so well ahead of Saturday's big matchup, and then also, yes, in the third segment... Uh, we're playing basketball on an aircraft carrier. Let's break that game down too while we're at it. Woo. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the weekend, everyone. Welcome to Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day to everyone out there as well. And thank you so much for kicking off your day. And hey, if you're listening... Well, on game day, well, thanks for kicking off your game day with us here on Locked on Spartans. I am your host, Matt Sheehan, and before going any further, hey, today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with promo code LOCKEDON, and you're going to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's right. Hey, we have a big game on Saturday for football, big game tonight if you're listening on Friday for basketball as well, or... You know, if the basketball game already happened, well, still tune into the third segment. We'll see how right I am on a few things or how dead absolutely wrong I am on a few things. Regardless, we're going to talk both sports here on today's show. But the first two segments, all Spartans versus Scarlet Knights. We're going to get into the numbers here, see what Rutgers does well, but also a lot of what they don't do well and maybe why we should feel pretty good about this weekend's game and why Michigan State is a 10-point favorite going into this one noon on Saturday in Spartan Stadium, or if you're watching at home, Big Ten Network. Now, let's just cut to the chase here. Enough of the housekeeping stuff. Let's just go right into it. This is a big one. Both teams, 4-5 and five on the season. The winner gets to start booking rooms in Detroit for the quick lane bowl as they take one step closer to that illustrious sixth win that gets them eligible for a bowl bid. Um, look, hey, this is not going to be a walkthrough game. This is not a cakewalk. This is a hungry Rutgers team as well. They are in the same situation Michigan State is in. They need to win two out of their last three game games to qualify for a bowl. Rutgers has, well, obviously, Michigan State, then Penn State, then Maryland. Michigan State, as you know, Rutgers, Indiana, Penn State, Two great opportunities at home these next two weeks. But again, Michigan State, as you know, as you know, has the injury issues. All right, you already have your depth kind of plagued by that. And also at this point, as we are recording, Thursday afternoon, none of the suspended players are back. Mel Tucker said earlier this week that it might take up until kickoff to get these guys back out of suspension, depending how the investigations go. However... Really hard to plug guys in if they just come back Friday. They haven't really watched film. They haven't installed any game plans or anything like that. So right now, looks like it's going to be the same unit that we saw last week against Illinois. So while Michigan State is favored, while they should win this home game, still, you have to think about the depth issues there. Now with that said, let's get into this game here. We're going to do the first segment of Rutgers offense versus Michigan State defense, and then flip it around in the next segment Point blank, ladies and gentlemen, this, even with all the issues going on with the defense and the depth and everything we said, this should be a feast day for 
the defense. We'll go through some overall stats right here for the Rutgers offense. Like right now, hey, they got the lowest offensive efficiency in the conference. They have the fewest passing yards in the conference. They are tied for the most interceptions thrown in the conference with 13. On third downs, they have the second worst third down conversion in the conference at 29%. For plays that go 10 plus yards, they are fifth worst. Not in the conference, but in the entire country in that metric. They have only had 82 plays this season that have gone 10 or more yards. Michigan State, for reference, their offense has 113 plays that have gone for 10 plus yards, and that ranks 96th in the country. Rutgers is 31 plays behind that. It is a <laughs> flaccid offense, to put it lightly. Uh, also, hey, well... Here's going to be one of the big battles that could decide this war coming up on Saturday. Michigan State's defense has given up a Big Ten worst. 148 plays that have gone 10 yards or more. So here is the big battle. A sparkless offense that Rutgers has. Versus a defense in the Michigan State Spartans that will just light to light fireworks for other teams' offenses. However... We have seen the tie change a little bit in the last few weeks, especially with the return of Xavier Henderson back at center. And look, to put it bluntly, uh, Michigan State hasn't faced an offense this bad all season. So this could be an advantage for our Spartans going into Saturday's game. Just another stat that's a really fun one to look at as well. Rutgers has the third worst red zone touchdown conversion rate in the conference. They have made 23 visits to the red zone. They have scored touchdowns in just 11 of those 23 visits. Only Iowa and Illinois are worse in the conference at turning red zone trips into touchdowns. And on the flip side, for Michigan State, a trend that plays very nicely into this hand is that the last two games against Illinois and Michigan, both teams combined for nine red zone trips, Michigan State gave up just three touchdowns. So, is the B word coming back into our lives? Ben, don't break? It sure seems to look that way, and if that can keep continuing on Saturday against Rutgers, then... Well, you're going to feel pretty good about notching win number five on the season because this is just an offense that is, oh, my goodness gracious. I, me and the first ten listeners of this podcast could probably field together a defense that could do pretty well against Rutgers. Uh, let's get a little bit more into specific stats here. We'll start with the running offense for Rutgers. Now Rutgers is on quite a skid right now. In their last five games, they've lost four of those games and in all four losses they've averaged less than three yards per carry their opportunity rate is 44 percent that's a hundredth eighth in the nation now you're probably saying what on earth did he just say what is opportunity rate i like to call it the smart stat for dumb people you know it's one of these metrics that sound really fancy sounds like there's a bunch of math involved but really it's quite easy to understand and it's a pretty good stat that's an indicator of how good a running game is for an offense so opportunity rate is anytime a run goes four or more yards when the field allows it like if it's first and goal on the one yard line okay they don't even count that play but if it's second and ten at the 50 yard line you get a five yard run okay that counts toward your opportunity rate so to backtrack, 
44% of Rutgers runs go, go for at least four yards. That's 108th in the nation. Their power success rate is 61.9%. That is 102nd in the nation. Power success rate, again, that's like opportunity rate. Actually easy to understand. It's when it's either third or fourth with less than two yards to go. How many times do they convert? 61.9%. That is outside the top 100 in the country. And Michigan State is coming off of a game where they just held India, sorry, Illinois running back Chase Brown to 4.1 yards per carry. That was his lowest yards per carry of the season. So, Michigan State's run defense looking pretty good as of late. Rutgers rushing offense, quite the opposite here. This is another favorable matchup. Scarlet Knight running game against Michigan State's run defense, and we ain't even done yet. Because, oh my god, the passing game for Rutgers... Look, I, I don't want to get too ahead of myself here, but whoa, I just take a look at these stats. Gavin Wimsat is now the starting quarterback for Rutgers. That's right. Noah Vedral, hand injury, out. He had surgery. So now it is young Gavin Wimsat, sophomore quarterback, trying his very best. And so far, this has led to 43% completion in the last two games. Those were against Michigan and Minnesota. He threw four, threw four interceptions, I should say, and one touchdown. Or we can call it two touchdowns if you want to count his pick six. Last week against Michigan, regardless, poor kid's been really struggling. 43% completion percentage, not great whatsoever. Now, is that to say that Rutgers is just a total dumpster fire on offense completely 100%? No. Maybe just like 93% dumpster fire because they still do have Aaron Cruikshank. He is their 5'10 receiver that does everything. Anytime they can put the ball in his hands, they do. Whether that's him running the ball, whether it's him catching the ball, whatever it is, that is the guy that Michigan State needs to zone in on. But hey, again, like Rutgers just has to find a way to even get him the ball. And with new quarterback Gavin Wimsat, mm, that might be a little tough for them. And I get it. Look, Michigan State has had average to below average quarterbacks have great games against them, but even even that would be really hard to see on, on Saturday. So that's the Rutgers offense versus Michigan State defense. So we're going to flip the script here in a hot segment. But first, I just need to talk your ear off about underdog fantasy. That's right. This is one of the most fun ways to sit back and enjoy your college football Saturday with underdog fantasy and their daily Pick'em games. That is right. Hop on to Underdog Fantasy. If you're in one of the 30 states where Underdog Fantasy can be played, hop on. Go check out the Michigan State game this week. And as they take on Rutgers, if you think that Jaden Reed, Keon Coleman will have over their receiving yards or that Peyton Thorne will have over his touchdown passes, well, line those three up. Multiply your money up to 10 times if you really want to stack your ticket. It's quite simple. You just pick stats of your favorite players over or under. And if it hits, well, you get paid. And Underdog Fantasy wants to pay you right off the bat as well. When you sign up with promo code LOCKEDON, that's all one word, LOCKEDON, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's right. 
Deposit $100 and you're going to get $100 for free with promo code LOCKEDON. Again, all one word. Go to underdogfantasy.com, find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or the Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code LOCKEDON, all one word. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. And let's get back to talking Scarlet Knights versus Spartans this Saturday. But let's reverse it. Let's let's mix things around here. What is the Rutgers defense all about? What can Michigan State's offense do against the Scarlet Knight defense? And right off the bat, probably score in the red zone because you are going to love this stat. If you're a Michigan State Spartan fan, Rutgers opponents have taken 25 trips to the red zone this season. Would you like to guess how many times Rutgers opponents have scored of those 25 times. It's 25. That's right. We are in November, and Rutgers has yet to have a red zone stop. And of those 25 visits their opponents have had, 21 of them have turned into touchdowns. Opponents, when they go into Rutgers' red zone, 84% of the time they have scored a touchdown that is dead last in the Big Ten and also dead last in the entire country. Now, Michigan State's offense is actually pretty good at scoring touchdowns when they get in the red zone. They score touchdowns at a 70% clip when they go into the red zone, which is sixth in the Big Ten, but also 26th best in the country. That's right. I guess the Big Ten is just loaded with offenses that absolutely reap reward in the red zone, but yeah, Michigan State Nearly a top 25 team in getting touchdowns when they enter the red zone. They're going up against a defense where they'll set up the velvet rope, the red carpet, and roll you right into the end zone. Uh, So that's very favorable, especially for, well, a Michigan State team that is two weeks into November and is still nowhere close to finding a competent field goal kicking unit. So, yeah, touchdowns are going to be the answer here this weekend. Now, let's just take a look here. Rutgers isn't all horrendous. They aren't all horrible. There is something to be respected about them. They didn't just fall backwards into four wins. And also, well, this is the fourth weekend in a row where MSU is facing a team that is top 25 in opponent opportunity rate. That's right. We just talked about that. So it is when you get a four-yard run or more. Rutgers' defensive front is pretty good at holding teams to that. Right now, they hold teams to a 40.9% opportunity rate. That's 16th best in the nation. Last weekend, Illinois, second best opportunity rate in the run game for their opponents. Michigan has the number one defensive front when it comes to opportunity rate. And even the week before that, Wisconsin, Wisconsin's unit is ranked 21st in the country. So no, Michigan State cannot get a break at facing fronts that are pretty good at limiting the run damage. But hey, what did we just we what did we just see last weekend? We saw maybe the best run attack Michigan State has had all season long. The offensive line did fantastic. Jalen Berger, I'll say it again. I think he had one of his best games in a Spartan uniform, probably his best game in a Spartan uniform. It was 100 combined yards receiving and rushing, and it is a crying shame he did not get a touchdown last week because he was the MVP of the offense. Hitting holes with explosiveness, which is something that we've seen far and few between leading up to that Illinois game. 
keep in mind, against an Illinois team that has an incredible run defense. And also, Jay Johnson pulling the right strings in the run game as well. He got really creative. He entered guys, too, in really good spots, put them in the sweet spot like, well, Jarek Broussard, a guy that's seen his role dwindle over weeks. But I don't know. You tell me if the few times that he entered the game last Saturday, it really worked out for Michigan State, worked out for Jarek. So, yes, can Jay Johnson formulate a good rushing attack against another solid front? Now, the Rutgers passing defense, they're eh. They're, they're okay. Like, they're middle of the pack in a lot of metrics in the Big Ten. You, you can throw on them, especially, Will, if you have receivers like Jaden Reed and Keon Coleman. Up to this point, Rutgers really hasn't faced a violent passing attack, especially with weapons on the outside like Reed and Keon Coleman, really since they faced Ohio State. Um, and even Ohio State... Well, they didn't have to pass all too much because they ate Rutgers alive on the ground. So this could be a good spot for Michigan State to move the ball down the field. Now, it would be awesome to see for once, or really twice, you know, I'll explain here in a little bit, if Jaden Reed and Keon Coleman can get on a good streak in the same game. There's only been one game this season where both receivers have gone over 50 receiving yards. And, well, it seemed to work out because it was the Wisconsin game. Peyton Thorne was finding his guys in the second half. This could be another really good spot, too. It's not going to be a wacky day of wind like we saw last Saturday in Champaign. This could be a good spot to have Reed and Coleman cooking at the same time. Because, again, if Rutgers does anything well, it, it is limit that run. So... With that said, what else do we want to see here from the team? Oh, I'm sorry. Nope, there is one more stat that I did want to read off. Didn't want to skip over this in my notes. For all the bad stats that we just read off about Rutgers, whether it's their offensive stats, you know, the they're, they're dead last as well uh, when it comes to sacking the opposing quarterback as well for defense. They are the second most penalized team in the Big Ten Conference as well. So, honestly, after reading all those stats... It is miraculous that they have even gotten to four wins. But Shiano-led teams like to muck up games. They will keep this low scoring. So, uh, again, you can't just look over these guys and Sharpie in a victory. Now, with that said, what do we want to see from Michigan State here? I would love to see the emergence of uh, Brandon Baldwin continue. The left tackle that got the start last week. And honestly, for the most part of the game last week against Illinois, I, I completely forgot he was even in the game which is the highest compliment you can ever give an offensive lineman. He did a really good job last week against a solid front in Illinois. I presume Jarrett Horse will not be back. He posted on his Instagram story a, a picture of him in Wisconsin, so I, unless he's making the trip back this week. Regardless, I got a pretty good feeling that it will be Brandon Baldwin back at left tackle. Maybe the young guy Gino Vandermark gets some more run inside the middle of that offensive line. So that is definitely going to be key number one we're going to be looking for. Number two, I, I'll say it again, Jaden Reed and Keon Coleman. It would just be a lot of fun to see them cook in the same game. Uh, and then, hey, can Jalen Berger repeat what he did last weekend? I thought that was really really eyebrow arching what he did against that front in Illinois and just how mean he ran and just, Hey, he was finding the holes and hitting them. So the seems, seems pretty easy to do, but obviously easier said than done. Can he do it at home to get Michigan state win number five? Stay tuned and find out big 
10 network at noon or hey like tickets are going for like 12 15 bucks online go go get yourself in the game maybe even a firm handshake to someone working the security guard line will even get you in the game for free i don't really know uh but now we will get over to basketball friday night spartans versus the zags on the aircraft carrier but first need to talk your ear off about simply safe home security the best in the biz. We're talking Simply Safe. They will take care of you this holiday season. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off of their products. That is sensational. It is an award-winning system and they want you to save 50% off. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. And plus, Simply Safe was just named the best home security system of 2022 by US News and World Report for a third straight year. And you can save 50% off. 24-7 professional monitoring service costs less than $1 a day with Simply Safe, less than half the price of ADT's traditional professionally installed system. So don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that I recommend. Get 50% off of any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. That is their biggest discount of the year, so do not wait. Hop on to simplysafe.com slash locked on college to save on the best security system out there. That's right, simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Now let's get to the shooty hoop court. That's right, we're playing on the aircraft carrier again for the first time in 11 years. And uh, it is going to be... Oh, I am so sorry. I clicked the wrong button there. If you're, if you're watching on YouTube, I just played our theme song. Now let's get back on track. Michigan State on the aircraft carrier against Gonzaga and... We had a full-on breakdown with Andy Patton of Locked On College Basketball and Locked On Zags two episodes ago. If you really want a 20-minute fleshed-out report of this game, cannot recommend that enough. Andy Patton's awesome. Really breaks down his team uh, quite well. And unfortunately, when breaking down his team, he, he didn't offer up a lot of holes that Gonzaga has. But th that's, that's what you get when you play the number two team in the country. That wasn't Andy Patton being arrogant or a homer. No, that was just him talking about a Gonzaga team that is just really, really good for seemingly the upteenth year in a row. So why will this game be hard on the aircraft carrier? Well, Gonzaga doesn't really have to rely on the three-pointer. And yes, it was just against North Florida, who they played in their opener on Monday. But they went into halftime with 53 points. And only three of those points were on a three-pointer. That's right. 50 of the points were coming in the paint, coming in fast breaks, slashing through the lane. like that. They get it done inside the arc because, well, they play with such a high tempo that they can do it. They have the athletes to do it as well. And, oh, yeah, when you have preseason player of the year, Drew Timmy, in the fold too, that's going to really help get points in the paint as well. Now, for this game, that could really be magnified because I don't know if anyone does remember how awful the aircraft carrier game was 11 years ago, but playing outside can really do some things to your jump shot. Right now, weather is calling for a clear day, you know, low 60s. It's all going to be great clear weather, except eight mile an hour winds. And no, that's not the F3 tornado winds that we saw in Illinois last weekend's football game, but still eight mile an hour wind can jack up your shot and Michigan State might be a little reliant on the three-pointer at this point this season. 
and Gonzaga, not so much. 11 years ago, Michigan, Michigan State shot 2 of 20 from behind the arc. North Carolina, 3 of 12 from behind the arc. It was, it was a filthy game. It was, but Gonzaga, I, honestly, if, if it was up to me, if I was the Gonzaga AD, or if I was Mark Few, the head coach of Gonzaga, with the way my team plays basketball, I'm trying to play every game outside this year. When we get to the Final Four, I'm trying to make sure the Dome is open uh, because, yeah, they don't really need to rely on the jump shot. They can get their buckets close to the hoop. So, yeah, and also to, to really put or to make matters worse, uh, Gonzaga's just really good at defense too. Like, they have really good athletes on the perimeter. They lock it down. Yes, can A.J. Holgard slash to the hoop, get inside, get a bucket? Yeah, of course, he's incredible at it. He's probably the best Spartan at doing so, but... Easier said than done when you're going up against a Zags team that just is draped with talent. Now, if there are any holes on this Gonzaga team, if you can exploit anything from the number two team in the country, this is what Andy Patton said two episodes ago. It is Gonzaga's post-presence on defense. Yes, Drew Timmy, amazing player offensively, but defensively, he's not going to be mistaken for Jaron Jackson anytime soon, so to speak. And yes, they do have a transfer in Efton Reed, who is an imposing physical presence. But he fouled out in 12 minutes last game, so I, he, he might be all limbs. Maybe he's not all there as far as technique goes. So that could be an area where Michigan State can exploit a hole. Now, however, Michigan State's post-presence, not really too imposing yet, unless, hey, Maybe that little turnaround over his right shoulder jump shot Matty Sissoko has is the real deal. And I know this is asking a lot out of a true freshman, even if he was a McDonald's All-American true freshman in Jackson Kohler. But hey, we hear his offensive gifts. Maybe he can add, I don't know, 8, 10 points this game against a front that doesn't really have a lot of shot blocker bigs. And... Well, how many times have we seen Malik Hall get work done on the low block as well? Maybe this could be a big game for him too. So, that could be an area where Michigan State might have an advantage. Is inside the paint because, well, if you can slow the game down enough, uh, that could keep the game close here. Now, with that said, what else do we want to see? I would love to see Jaden Akins have a solid game. Now, he was 3 of 10 shooting against Northern Arizona. 0-3 from 3-point land, but... It was his first game action off the stress fracture surgery on his foot. Not going to beat the kid up for that. but uh, And it's also, again, tough conditions. I, I don't know how well the shot is going to be for anyone on Friday night, but he looks smooth on Monday despite his shot not going down. Now, if we can see the shot start going down, awesome. But also, too, I want to see how he does defensively against Gonzaga's guys like Malachi Smith, uh, Razier Bolton, Julian Strawthorn if he gets thrown on him in any situation. Also, Really want to see how A.J. Hogard plays in a big spot. I thought he did fine on Monday. If anything, he was a little too wound up. He did have two charges against him. So can he tone it down a little bit maybe? Uh, he's going to have to be a big calming presence for this team this year. I'll say it up and down. I, I think it's his team this year, so to speak. So how will he act in the first big game of the season? We've seen him have fantastic games in big spots last year. But, hey, new season. Let's see how he does. And then, of course, the freshman. You know, Traymon Holloman, how will he do in his time? I thought he did really good 
on perimeter defense last game against Northern Arizona. This is going to be a game that will call for such, running up and down the court with these Zags as well. And then Jackson Kohler, like we just talked about, oddly enough, maybe a spot where he can flex some offense here. So with that said, though, let's get the ball out a little quicker on the double teams, uh, Jackson. But yeah, I mean, just, of course, these first few games of the season, it's always interesting to see how the freshmen are going to react. Now, Bart Torvik has this slated uh, as a 82-73 to victory for Gonzaga. And if you look at Bart Torvik, look at all of Michigan State's future um, games and the projections that Bart Torvik has as they run all their simulations and whatnot, the eight-point deficit is actually the biggest that they expect from Michigan State this year. So that is just a long way of saying this is the hardest game on the schedule per the computers that Bart Torvik has. So hey, we're going to learn uh, a little bit about this team. And, uh, you know, I was on the SD4L show on Wednesday night with Justin Thin, and I was kind of joking, kind of serious about this, that, hey, if Michigan State loses, okay, you know what? You lost to the number two team in the country. It was an odd circumstance. You are playing outside, and let's not forget what this opportunity is about. These student-athletes get to be around the military. They get to see the sacrifice that everyone is making. And around Veterans Day weekend, it is a beautiful game that's being played. I love that Michigan State gets to do this. And a loss is not going to tank the season. Again, this is all for the troops. But dang it, with that said, if Michigan State wins this game, if Michigan State wins this game, <laughs> you bet you're sweet. You know what? We are hopping on this microphone, and we are booking Final Four tickets together. This will be a referendum of how great the season is going to be if they pull off this upset. So really, hey, mentally, right here, it's a win-win for me because there's also no shortage of great games after this. Michigan State could get wins in. You got the Kentucky game. You have Alabama. Then you have any two of North Carolina, Portland, uh, Iowa State, Villanova again, Oregon, UConn in the PK-85. Then you do play Villanova for real at home, and then Notre Dame. So, yes, if, if MSU loses this game on Friday, I uh, like sure, I might be a little irritated in the moment, but yeah, I'm not going to be, you know, pulling out the gasoline can and light my house on fire if, if they lose. It's early in the season at Gonzaga. I cannot make this point clear enough. Really, really, really good team this year. They are not number two by mistake. This team is beyond legit. So there you have it. Let's just have fun on Friday. Have fun on Saturday too. Let's all try to remind ourselves to mix in a water every once in a while. Um, if you see me at the tailgate on Saturday, shout out to me. Hey, Go drink a water, you fool, because I i don't know. Even I might forget. Uh, regardless, though, we will be back. We're going to probably do it on Sunday, a reaction show of the Gonzaga game and the Rutgers game. Or, hey, if we're feeling uh, spicy enough on Saturday night, maybe we'll get it up there. Regardless, you know where to find the reaction. It is here, locked on Spartans, your team every single day. Love you all. Let's enjoy this weekend. Go Green.